You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at WheelsUpInCLE. Joined, as I always am, by Andrew Hedinger, who you can find on social media at AndrewRunsALot. If you want to find the podcast on social media, you can find us at Rust Belt Running. Andrew, how are you doing? Doing all right. I am doing all right. How are you doing? I got my voice back. You did. Yeah, you sounded like crap last week. I was awful. It had to feel really weird, though, for the listeners, because there was the pre-intro, which we recorded this time last week. Yeah. And uh, that was like a week after we had talked to Sarah, where I had a voice. So the episode had to have sounded really weird. So I'm sorry about that, guys. But the voice is back. I'm good to go. Um, I just, uh, I'm sharing a picture of my show notes to the Instagram story. Um, <laughs> cause we, uh, we don't have much in the way of an agenda or outline today. It was really funny. You texted me, I think it was Saturday night and you're like, we haven't <laughs> talked since Monday, which is very odd for us. And there was absolutely no reason why it was just one of those like, well, we did. It just wasn't via text. We had no because we, we had a message thread with Eric. Geiler, oh, yeah, that's which, true. Um, that was informative. And I think there was some inappropriateness somewhere in that. I'm sure there was. Well, and that and that as much as we did talk to there, that was mostly happening while I was at work. So at one point I looked down on my phone and I see like you have 41 on messages. <laughs> like, oh, I have things to catch up on. Yeah. So even then it wasn't really you and me having dialogue. Uh, I was just kind of like popping in here and there and that was that. But yeah, so it was funny because I, I was thinking on Saturday, I'm like, man, we're going to get together on Monday and record and the Olympics are over and we don't have that to talk about. And next week you're going to talk Buckeyes because there's an actual, this time last year, the season had been mm-hmm. quote unquote canceled and, we didn't have that to look forward to, and this year we have more uh, more normal Buckeye season to look forward to. So we're going to talk about that next week. But it's like, what do we what do we talk about this week? So we're going to wing it. We got some stuff. Yeah. We got a few things to talk about. Just no one guiding, no one guiding subject today no. is all. How's your running been? It's going well. Um, I just finished a sixty-two mile week last week. I ran sixteen miles yesterday. Um, hilly miles too. beat the, beat the hell out of me a little bit. Um, but I, I ran them really well. I was really happy with how they ended. I had to back off a little bit in the last five miles cause it was largely uphill and it was getting hot. And, uh, I had one of those workouts Thursday where I finished, like I completed the workout, but you know, how every once in a while you have one of those workouts where you dig a little bit deeper than you usually would to finish that workout. 
Yep. I had that Thursday. And as I'm starting my uphill trek yesterday, I'm kind of recognizing that I'm going to have to do the same thing if I want to keep the same effort going that I had had. I'm like, nah, two times in three days or four days is probably not the way to do that. So I backed off a little bit and, um, but I was still really happy with the workout with the week and feels good. And man, I I'm, I'm seven weeks away now. I don't know how that happened, but I'm only seven weeks out from my race. It's kind of blowing my mind because I'm, I'm gearing up to go on vacation next week. And when I get back from that, I'm going to have four weeks left. And I just have no idea where that time has gone. So uh, it's nice. I'm in this really good groove right now. I'm, I'm running further than I ever have before, putting in more miles than I ever have before. And I mean, I've got the fatigue that you always start to have when you really start putting up that heavy mileage. But I, I feel really good about where I'm at. How, how's your running going? It's good. I had, <clears throat> I had some tough workouts uh, last week. Last week was just not after the Shawshank hustle. It just wasn't a, uh, wasn't great running last week. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, so I don't know. I don't know what the, what the reasoning behind it is, but I, one thing I did decide, I took one extra day off last week and I, and I felt a little better with that. So mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna dial it back from six days to five days. Okay. Uh, well, one thing we've talked a lot about is flexibility, but another yeah. thing that I always, um, you know, talk about is listening to your body and my body right now just isn't ready for six days. Right. I felt good for the first few weeks, but, um, it, it feels more than just the grind. It feels like, yeah, this is probably just a little more than I need to be doing right now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm going to dial it back. I'm, I think I'm going to just take Mondays to myself uh, and do this. And that kind of be my, my running for the week. I, I also spent, uh, I went back to the gym yesterday, which was nice. And I, I was like, okay, I'd rather cut out Mondays mm -hmm. and, you know, do my easy mile, just do easy miles on the treadmill. It's an easy way to keep a easy shakeout run after a long run easy, but then, you know, throw some weights in there. Yeah. I kind of have one more, solid day not where there's a lot of running but one more solid day uh but take off um take off one more day during the week so it's kind of where i'm at i think i think that's a really good plan actually um you know i i think you and i are both experienced enough now to know like you know you said it's like it's almost like a little bit too much right now for for your body and you know, i think back to when I started running up again regularly in January and February, I was really flexible then too, because the weather can be so unpredictable at that time of year. And when you're not like deep into training for a race, there's just not a whole lot of fun getting up and like slogging through six miles when there's snow on the ground and the wind chill is in the twenties and you'll do it if you have to, but if you don't have to, it's like, ah, I can be a little flexible today and just go ahead and knock that day off and only run five days this week. And I've something I've noticed this year is that, when it's time for me to ramp back up into an actual race training plan, I'm willing to do the six days, but I'm also very much aware when I'm not in the middle of a race training plan of like, I like that flexibility and I don't feel like I have to go out. And there's a very noticeable difference between the, you know, I have to do this versus the, I don't have to do this and I can go ahead and just kind of take it easy. And I think substituting strength is a really good substitute for that because you're, you're still building like you're, Every decision that you make is about Glass City next, you know, it's next right. year, late April, early May. Building a really solid foundation is one of the smartest things you can do. And strength is a big part of that. 
and I'm still battling this heel thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, so it makes no sense to be battling something that I have decided I'm going to deal with for this entire cycle. Right. Why, I, I don't need to be at six days. And, right. and it, the, oh, the thing that's so irritating about this heel thing, there is all the different variables you have in marathon or half marathon training. You have different shoes, different terrain, different workout types. There's not a constant in what triggers the pain. Like I told you on Saturday before Shawshank Hustle, I was like, "I'm my heels gonna be screaming tomorrow," yeah. and I felt fine. Yeah. And then I went um, Tuesday, so I did my speed workout that I bombed on Monday, and then Tuesday I missed Tuesday kind of by default. I had thunderstorms in the morning, and then I also had thunderstorms in the evening. So yeah. I was like, "That's the weather telling me not to." run because i wasn't doing that on the treadmill right and <clears throat> wednesday's already my day off and i was just like i'm just go take i and i felt fine i was like oh, it was i've used the phrase before aggressive with rest uh, my heel felt really good and i was like oh yeah if i take this wednesday off and i do this extra day my heels i might be on the back side of this yeah thursday i get home from work right before my run that i put in and as soon as i get out of my car my heel starts i, I can feel it again and i'm like oh, what the hell so weird like what caused this? It was like, it was like having to go to the bathroom as soon as you put your running shorts on. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same type of thing. It was like my body knew, all right, you're about to run. This hurts now. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? And, and it, it was, it was bad. I woke up Friday morning, uh, after I did that run Thursday afternoon, I woke up Friday morning and oh boy, it was bad. I actually got back in bed and was like, I'm not doing it. I can't. And then I was like, wait, no, you're up. Let's go see if you can loosen it up and get yeah. the run in. And uh, and it did not feel great. And then Saturday was fine. I'm like, I don't understand what is going on here. So I'm trying to do a lot more home treatment than I was instead of just going to Varel. I mean, I'm still doing the workouts he gave me, yeah. the stretches and the mobility work that he gave me. Um, but I've been a little more active with my tens unit and just some extra stretching on it and things like that and mm -hmm. ice than I maybe was before. So, but yeah, wait, battling that it's just, yeah, there's no need to do the six days right now. My focus is glass city. I'm going to battle this all the training. There's no need to risk making it worse. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to PR at Columbus and, or, uh, haunted forest. I'm not going to do Cleveland. I'm not going to do back to back to back. I don't think that's a good idea with my heel the way it is. Right. I'm take two weeks off because ultimately that's going to be the only thing that's probably going to get this heel to go away. Right. It's going to be extended time off and I'm not doing that right now. I'm not making it worse. There's no need to stop. So, uh, but there, there is a need to be smart and, um, yeah. So that's that. I rambled a little bit there. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, any anything, anything fun or unexpected that you've noticed? You know, going back to the gym and being in that social setting. Well, so I just restarted my gym membership last weekend or last week in okay. the middle of the week, and right. I went in to do my uh, my paperwork and all that stuff after i did it online i had to sign all and when you're a planet fitness black card member you got to sign all the you got to sign all the tanning stuff oh yeah you know like um but uh so i 
I noticed they like completely remodeled everything. Okay. Like they really took advantage and I had seen that they were doing it mm -hmm. uh, when gyms were closed last year at the beginning of the pandemic. I saw that they had construction people in and out, but they really took advantage to totally remodel this, uh, the entire planet fitness that I'm at. Uh, well, yesterday I, I went in and I had to go to the bathroom and I noticed there were these stalls across from the showers and I was just kind of like, huh, I wonder what that is. And cause the locker room totally new. I mean, new lockers, it's, it's nice now. It doesn't yeah. look like a high school locker room. It used to, uh, but I, I noticed that they had like these little changing areas across from the showers. We didn't have those when the gym was on the other side of the building or the locker room was on the other side of the building. Okay. And, uh, and before the remodel. So they had these little changing areas, which is cool. That way, you know, if you're not comfortable or you don't want to make people uncomfortable being naked in front of everybody, you can just go into these changing areas. Well, this one, like probably 68 year old, 210 pound dude, he did not give a fuck about those changing rooms. He was just out there facing everybody old guy naked in the locker room is back. And I mean, and he was, I texted you this yesterday. He had his foot like on the bench. Oh yeah. Like really getting that like maximum drying angle of everything. Oh, yeah. Like just right there for everybody to see. And, uh, let that flag fly high. Yeah. <laughs> it's flying somewhere. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, and I don't care. I have no problem with, the human body it it doesn't make me uncomfortable i i um i yeah it's just it's interesting when it is there and there is a way to keep yourself from you know maybe making other people uncomfortable right um one of the <laughs> an example of how uh okay i am with the human body um, one of the Eric Geyer conversations was he had sent a picture of a dude who finished a, it looked like a naked 5k or something. Uh huh. And I said, I'd totally do that. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> I think you tried to commit both of us to this. I tried to get relay going. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? I already got the baton. Yeah. Yeah. There's some <laughs> baton handing off jokes. <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. But yeah, it's, it's like, it's fine. Like do your thing. But, um, I, in that situation, I think those changing rooms are there to keep the public at large comfortable, not yeah. just you. I could be naked in front of anybody. I don't care. I wear yeah. short shirts, short shorts and no shirt. And, uh, Constantly. yes, as, as much as possible as evidence from our, our Instagram stories. But uh, yeah, when I'm just talking and I have no shirt on at home, yeah, I put on a shirt for this though. You're welcome. Yeah, I was just thinking, like one of these days, I'm just going to record without a shirt on. I'm just going to stand here, and it's no shirt. It's going to do it. Do it. It's gonna be like the reverse of those newsmen who you suspect never wear pants while they've got like the button-up shirt. You know, your gym story reminds me of one of my my all-time favorite one of my all-time favorite Modern Family episodes is the one where Jay and Cam go to play racquetball. Yes. And they yeah. have the moon landing. Yes. And Jay does not know what the hell that is. <laughs> and, and Cam's trying to explain. He's like, it's okay. Our butt's touched. You have terminology for it? It's a, what's a, what, what is it after the shower? A splashdown? Splashdown. 
And then Jay decides at the end of it, he's like, I'm comfortable. This is fine. I'm super comfortable. And he, he butts up against another older gentleman, but he thinks it's Cam. And he's like, I'm comfortable. I'll do it. I'll do it again. And he keeps like pumping his butt up on this guy's back. So I, I'm I'm now on the final. I think it's the final. It's either the final season or the second to last season, season 10 um, of Modern Family. And I'm watching it last night. And there's always the lines that always get me are always the ones right before a commercial that I feel like a lot of people probably miss because they can sense the commercial coming. Yeah. Uh, but last night I was, it was um, Haley's scientist boyfriend had come back from Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, but Dylan, like she was ghosting Dylan, but she had, uh, Phil had convinced her to talk to Dylan and so Dylan was coming over at Haley's request and they didn't realize that um, Claire had gone to pick up her scientist boyfriend from the airport as a surprise. Right. And so they're both there at the same time. So Phil is hiding Dylan in his office and Phil says to Haley while she's talking to her scientist boyfriend, Hey, there's a doll that you wanted thrown out in my office from your childhood. You sh should come, you know, pay your respects to it. Um, you know, kept referring to Dylan as a doll that she used to play with. And she's, she says, yeah, I should go say something. It was a doll I've been sleeping with since I was 16. <laughs> and Phil is like 16. <laughs> but anyways, they're upstairs and she's talking to Dylan and her scientist boyfriend walks in and he's like, uh, Oh, so this is the uh, doll you used to sleep with. <laughs> and Dylan's like, you're pretty handsome too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dylan. I, well, I, it was one of those, I had to go back and watch it like five times because Dylan is just such an idiot. Yes. And a lot, <laughs> like he's too stupid to offend. Yes. There's like a naive innocence about how just God awful dumb he is, but it, it works. It always worked. This is the doll you've been sleeping with. <laughs> You're pretty handsome, too. Uh, oh, modern family. See, look, we didn't even anticipate that was going to happen. We had a modern family reference that we got to get sidetracked on. Who says we need to be prepared? Yeah, well, I mean, I did post a picture of our show notes to our Instagram story, and Will Mercer replied, looks about right. Yeah. It's just a blank piece of paper. Yep, yes, it is. Not that I have much on my show notes either. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's funny because Eric had just tagged me in something not too long ago um, about like it was like young people in the gym and they're all like in their little corner with their towels on. Then he's like old people in the gym. And the older guy was doing exactly what you're describing. He's like, it reminds me of when you were talking about how you hate going to the gym because I haven't gone to the gym now in probably a couple of years. I just do all my working out at home. But uh, yeah, the two things that I always, you know, I'm like you. I'm completely fine with the human body. At the same time, like there's a way to take care of yourself post-workout without necessarily like being all open in the locker room. And that always was kind of like, yeah, no, I, I don't need to see all this. camps are for. Yes. Like, yes. I, go, if you want to be, it, it's totally fine. 100% totally cool with the naked yes. body. Not going to judge anybody for how they look or anything. But especially at the gym, like the dude's there trying to do yeah. his best, unless that's just where he showers so he can just be naked in a locker room. Uh, but uh, could it's possible with old men, you never know. But it's like, 
just it's just not it like i say it's about other people being uncomfortable right and they put those changes i do love the changing area i'm not gonna lie because i will shower every time that i go to the gym now because mm -hmm. that's there because i hate getting in my car the amount of times like yesterday i picked up food on the way home i don't right. want to come home eat and then have to shower and right. then no i was i came home i was cleaned i was like i was ready to go <sighs> but yeah just I don't know if you now we talked about nudist camps. Is that the first time we've done that? It might be, which actually, as I'm thinking about it, is kind of surprising for us that hasn't come up before. It sounds like the sort of thing we would talk about on our show, especially when like the no shirt and short shorts are exactly. Exactly. We'll have um, to record a pod from a nudist camp sometime. You can go to the nudist camp and I'll just record <laughs> remotely. Uh, well, we'll live stream the video on that oh, one. God, we're sorry, listeners. We're sorry for this in advance. Um, you know, you talking about some of those little things that annoy you at the gym remind me of things that just annoy me in training in general. And uh, I'm so annoyed by cyclists on the road. I really am. I I can't stand them. I'm sorry if anybody out there is a cyclist. I apologize. Um, I get it. Cyclists have a really tough go because you have to share the road with cars that are not going to give you the right of way. It happens all the time. There's a lot of asshole drivers out there that want to, you know, command the road and not give cyclists their due. I totally get that. But you know what? Then cyclists do the same thing to walkers and runners. I was almost run off the road on my run yesterday by a cyclist coming down the path that just was not going to get over. And it's like, you know how like when you're running and you're going to be passing a runner, but you have another runner coming in the opposite way. And it's like, uh, am I going to have enough room to get around? In my mind, you just observe the rules of the road, right? Like if you can't get around the person that's in front of you without cutting off the person coming at you, you just slow down and wait, right? right. Just like you would when you're driving. I don't know why cyclists won't do that. So I'm running yesterday and I'm coming up, uh, I'm coming up to somebody who's going much slower than I am. I'm going to pass them and I have a runner coming at me. And I'm kind of eyeballing, and it's like, ah, there's probably not enough room. I'm just going to go ahead and slow down and wait. Well, off in the distance, there is a cyclist coming who is navigating the same opening. And we're all going to converge at the same time. And it's like, you are the fastest person here on your cycle. Just go ahead and slow down. We're all going to get past, and then you can go ahead and pedal away, and it'll be fine. Cyclists didn't do that. Cyclists wouldn't do that. Cyclists decided that they had to navigate that very narrow split and in the process of doing so, like misjudged the split and almost like before jerking back over into the right, kind of jerked left a little bit, almost ran me off the road. And it's like, guys, guys, if you want people to respect you on the road, I completely get that. Like it's dangerous if a car is going to be, you know, not giving you right away. But why is it so hard to do the same thing for runners and walkers? We're all sharing the same paths here. Just simply, please just follow the same thing that you want drivers to give you it drives me nuts i can't stand it when you're on the towpath and they don't call that they're on your left yes because yeah like you'll be in those runs where you're like half asleep like at the beginning of a long run yeah and they just come zipping past you without announcing themselves scares it the crap out of you yeah and i also hate when they don't acknowledge you when they're going the opposite way like i get this way with runners too like i will wave at everybody on the towpath mm -hmm. uh because like, I feel like we're all out there together, yeah. you know, we're all, you know, trying to be 
active and healthy. So, Hey, yeah, I'll wave to you, give you community, but like, uh, just acknowledge me, like, give me a head nod. Right. Like get like raise like two or three fingers off your handlebar. Like just give me a little wave, something, give, give me something. I mean, I'm not there like saying, Oh, Hey, good morning. How are you today? I'm not right. doing anything like that, but like, I mean, it's usually just like a little two finger wave. That's kind of what I get. Like a really, I mean, it probably looks like a claw really that I do. Cause just, yeah. But, uh, you know, just a simple wave. Just give me something. I used to get in my head about that because there was a stretch there a couple of years ago where I would be running and it was in the spring. So more and more people were getting out of their houses and starting to walk and enjoy the nice weather. And I remember one particular run, it was actually the same stretch I was running yesterday where I, I like, I had multiple people like not acknowledge me, but like, even to the point of like looking away, like, Oh my God, don't make eye contact. Don't acknowledge that this person exists. And I remember thinking like, what's the etiquette here? Cause I'm the same way. Like I'm not striking up a conversation. I'll right. just, I do the same thing. I just like quick hand wave or I'll, I'll nod in my head and that's it. Especially if I, I'm, if I'm in the zone, I try to just to go like make eye contact, nod in my head and that's it. Cause I'm, I'm in my head. I need to make sure that I'm staying focused. And I think that's just really weird that people get so freaked out about like making basic eye contact and out. like, that's all I want. You don't have to do a thing. And I do like it. The opposite of that is I do love it when people are openly like, Oh shit. Like, you're running well today, you know, good for you. Good luck. Like I've had some cyclists do that. Um, before my 10 miler in June, there were, there was a couple that was rollerblading and, uh, the girl was a little bit slower. I think she was kind of like getting used to rollerblading a little bit. And so they had passed me and then they crossed a road and it was after I crossed the road and got back onto the path. I passed them. She was kind of figuring things out. And uh, they eventually caught up to me and the boyfriend was like, holy shit, man, like you're moving today. And it was like, a, it was a tempo run or a speed run. So I was doing, I think probably like 620, 630 miles. Um, but it was like, oh yeah, thanks. Appreciate you acknowledging me. So it, it goes the opposite way too. Like it's, it's kind of nice when people acknowledging that you're working hard and they just give you that little head nod, that little bit of acknowledgement before moving on. I don't know. That's so weird for people. Yeah. I don't know. I will. Uh, so I do, if I see a runner and <clears throat> we pass each other twice, cause we're both doing out and backs. Yeah. I, the second time I see them, I used to think was really awkward. Like, do I wave again? <laughs> yeah. I've started with a good job on the second time. Okay. Like uh, you've been out here a while. Good job. Yeah. Like, just give them a good job. Maybe a thumbs up instead. Um, you get, you actually get a little extra acknowledgement from me on the way back. I, uh, there's a specific run that I remember. Um, it had to have been, it must've been in March. Cause I think it was right before I got my first vaccine shot. And it was one of those miserable March days where it was probably 40 degrees. It was windy. It was raining, but I had to get my run. This is when I was into actual training and I had to get my run in. I think it was like a three or four mile tempo run. And I was on the hike and bike trail. Uh, I was on the hike, hike and bike trail and I passed one other runner in the entire time that I was out. And so we did that initial pass and we just kind of like did the head nod and acknowledge each other. And neither of us passed anybody else in the entire time. So then when I came back, um, we saw each other again and we both kind of had like one of those sheepish grins like, oh shit, we're the only ones out here. This is pretty damn funny. And we just kept 
we just kind of like as we kept running like we kind of smiled at each other and i think one of us was like hey it's good to see that we're not the only it's good to see that i'm not the only crazy one out here today and then we just kind of moved on and that was that but it was really kind of funny yeah i'm not sure what just happened to my camera that's okay did you hear you heard all of that though yeah. right yeah, okay I hear good. you yeah I, I i saw only me pop up and then i wasn't sure if i was on by myself or not nope um i am right here yeah, every once in a while, it's nice to have one of those runs where, like, you know you're kind of a bit more of a serious runner when it's just, like, you and one other person, and you're out on the sort of day when nobody else would be out, and you just sort of be like, yeah, I'm, I got glad, re- I'm glad I'm not the only one out here. When I lived in Austin, I went out, um, I think it was, it was, like, my first, like, 14-miler, okay. and I went out, and a dude did not... Um, Oh, it was rainy too. It was like cold and rainy, which was weird for Austin for it to be cold and yeah. rainy. This was in like February. Okay. Um, would have had to be January or February, but uh, yeah, cold and rainy. And I went out and I got my I got my run in. And then uh, this one dude did not wave at me, mm-hmm. and I was pissed. Like we're the only two people out in right. this weather. You should acknowledge me. Like we're running and we ran right past each other on the same sidewalk. It's like, bro, this weather sucks. Like I could at least use a little encouragement here. Yeah. It's funny to me too, because, you know, something you and I have discovered as we continue to build this community through the podcast is that, you know, even though running is very much a solo pursuit, it's very much based in community. Like runners acknowledge each other. Runners acknowledge that we do things that other people don't do. And to me, that makes it weird when people don't want to, I guess, to engage in that acknowledgement. Like we don't have to know each other, but we're doing the same thing. We're, we're braving the same conditions. We're working towards, you know, some sort of fitness based goal and, uh, I, I think just because of how social runners seem to be with each other, it's always weird to me when I come across that runner that isn't that just, you know, like I said, the people that don't want to make eye contact or analogy, like, I, I don't know. I feel like we're ripping on runners that are social. We don't mean to be, but I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like no, basic acknowledgement isn't that much to ask for, you know? No, no. Yeah. Just acknowledge. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's difficult at yeah. all. Um, you had mentioned earlier that you only have seven weeks left of training and you wanted to bring something up about this and discuss it. Yeah. I don't see, I don't know if this is a weird thing or not. Um, and I guess the comparison I'll make is I, I mentioned before that I'm going to be leaving on vacation soon. And so you get onto that list of like things you've got to do before you leave. And one of the things I've got to do is, you know, my garden's starting to wind down. And so you start ripping out plants and, one of the things I love most when I garden is like once I get everything in and I look and the whole thing's planted and every plot, you know, is, is taken up by something. And now the reverse is happening where like I've harvested everything from certain plants and it's time to rip them out and those gaps start to appear and you can start to feel like the season winding down a little bit. And, you know, as I'm looking at my training, I feel kind of the same way where I've had this big buildup to this race that's coming up in October and... I've been working really, I think like January 3rd or January 5th was my first run when I started to get back into this. And as as much as you and I are race-centric runners and we live to get to the race, I do love the process of getting there. And there's a little bit of me that is 
I don't know, like a little sad thinking about how this is going to wind down. And it's not that I'm not looking for, forward to my race or even a little bit of time off after my race. It just feels weird to think about how much of the training is behind me and how little of the training is left ahead of me. And I always get a little sad about it kind of dying down a little bit. And uh, I don't know if that's just a weird thing that I go through or if you've ever felt that way or not, but it, it sort of hit me yesterday when I got done with my run. It's like, holy shit, seven weeks? That's it? So I th I think what it is, it's probably best related, like, uh, related to maybe when you were in school, like the end of the school year, mm -hmm. which was you were always excited about. You had the summer to look forward to. If you were me, you hated school and you didn't go anyways. Uh, but you were looking forward to summer. But you also, you knew you were going to miss a lot of people. And some yeah. people you weren't going to see again. Uh, so there was a melancholy to it. Yeah. I do think that's what it is with training for me, is there will be a melancholy to it. And I think being an adult, one thing I didn't do when I was in high school was be real retrospective. Um, I think I will do that at the end of a training cycle as well. I really like look back on like, where was I? I'll look back on weeks like last week where it's like, man, that was really a struggle and a grind. And I yeah. battled through and there's a sense of pride that comes with that. But there's also a sense of melancholy that comes with it being over. And yeah. while you're, you know, looking forward to maybe just, you know, getting back, you know, you're looking forward to the payoff from the training. That's yeah. the ultimate thing you're looking forward to. Look forward to the beyond that you ha you have, you know, may maybe not the mandated time off that can suck if you mandate time off. Uh, but, you know, looking forward to kind of just running what you want to for a period of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, diagnosing maybe where you where your deficiencies were. Maybe it's strength workout. Maybe it's mobility. Maybe it's stretching, yada, yada, yada. There are all those different things that you could seek to work on uh, that you're able to diagnose. But I think I think with that retrospection, with uh, just with the, the goal in reach, I, I think there's just a melancholy that comes with it. And I don't think melancholy – for me, melancholy is not always sad, even though it feels very similar. Mm -hmm. Weddings are melancholy in a way but yeah I, I know what you mean but they're not sad that's a very happy occasion well yeah <laughs> that's usually a very happy occasion yeah, usually but it can have a very melancholy feeling christmas has a very melancholy feeling to it a lot of times uh but it's not necessarily sad um i that's that's how i feel i'm not saying that is how you feel that's just that's how i get and it kind of mirrors a little bit of what you're saying well, and like, as I'm thinking about it, I guess I hadn't thought about it. One is I love the school comparison because that's absolutely spot on. And I loved school. Uh, I loved going, but I did love my summers as well. But, you know, I absolutely can identify with that idea that like the year ends, those classes end. You know, there's some classes like in my case, there were some classes I absolutely loved and I hated to see them end. You know, there's there's friends that I hated, you know, knowing that I was going to see again. Uh, being a member of a really good soccer team, there were teammates I was really sad that were going to be moving on that I wasn't going to have around as part of the team the next year. Um, you know, as I'm thinking about it too, like, I guess I hadn't thought about it in terms of like marriages, you know, a wedding or Christmas, but something that, that you know, a wedding has, that Christmas has, that a buildup to a race has is 
all three come with a lot of buildup. Like you look so forward to Christmas. You look so forward to a wedding. There's so much planning that goes into those days, just as there is with a race, that you get to the actual day, the actual event, and it seems like it's over in a flash. Like the buildup is so much longer than the actual event itself. And I can especially think about this with Christmas because I'm, I'm not married. I haven't enjoyed my own wedding yet. But like with Christmas, it's like that. Like there's so much buildup to the day and you get through the presents and then you get together with whoever you're going to get together with. And then you get to the end of like dinner and it's like, oh man, that's, that's done. We're nearing the end. It's going to be done. And then like what comes next? And like I know from my own experience, I love – I, I always tell people from out of town when I talk to them at work, I love Ohio eight or nine months of the year. The months that I can't stand Ohio are January, February, and March. Because I like the cold and the snow and the build-up to the holidays. Like To me, that all seems festive. Right. And then once you get past those festivities, then it's just three or four months of just cold, gray, Lake Erie weather. Oh, and then February and March, you're asking for some respite, and it just yeah. never no. comes. Or you get that life, you'll get that little bit, like you'll get that one or two nice days, and it's like, oh, that's right, that's what can happen. And then Mother Nature's like, yeah, it can, but it's not yet, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And you get another three or four weeks of just cold, gray, drizzly weather. Don't. Sorry, we're not there yet. We still have plenty of summer left. Um. But yeah, so no, that, that's interesting that you say that. I, I don't know. I don't know if you were thinking about it in terms of the same way, like a long buildup and then just a very well, quick event. That's yeah, over. I mean, it's kind of it's it's the same. I think that's where some of the melancholy comes from. Mm -hmm. Is you know, yeah, it's you know, it's it's gonna end quick. I mean, walking into a race expo, you're like, this is it. But you can also yeah. think to yourself, you're like, man, in 24 hours, I'm gonna be sore as hell and lying on my couch. Yeah. Just basking in the awesomeness of what I did, but it's going to be over. Like, like yeah. you can literally sit there and be like, yeah, it's 24 hours. It's going to be done. Uh, you know, I think vacations are kind of the same way too. Oh. You know, I, it's like, I, I know that uh, Lord willing, we'll be on a cruise in November. We've already right. canceled one member of our party. Uh, it'll be just my wife and I, but you know, in, in if that happens in November, I know exactly how it's going to be. We're going to be so excited to get down to Orlando uh, and then we'll get to the cruise, but I I'm going to relish every moment before we are on the ship. Yeah. It was the same thing that happened the last time we went. It's like, I just remember like, it's not started yet because I know as soon as I step on that ship, it's going to be over. Like, I just, I knew that's how it was going to be. Right. If, you know, you go to the beach, it's the same type of thing. You remember pulling into the beach house before you even check in. You remember yep. going to the beach before you unload your car and looking at it going, we're here. Let's embrace this moment right now because yeah. It hasn't started yet because, you know, as soon as it starts, it's done. And, um, yeah, training is so eerily similar to that because as soon as you hit that taper, I mean, it's it's going to it's going to come and go uh, awfully quick. And if you don't if you don't appreciate those shorter, slower runs and taper or shorter, faster runs or, um, you know, the extra time off, if you don't sit there and enjoy it and have some. Uh, retrospection on your training it it will pass you by and right um you know next thing you know the race is over and you don't know what happened and it's funny i i you were talking about like going to the expo and then you know that that very next day like it's going to be over you're going to be basking in the glow of your accomplishment but it's going to be over uh, i got done with my run yesterday probably around like 12 30 and i got in my car and i was thinking like okay like seven weeks from now 
this is it's all gonna be done like i'm gonna be in my car again and it's gonna be done and i'm gonna be thinking about like how did it go and how am i gonna feel about it and my god my couch is gonna sound really good at that point and it was just I was having that thought like, yeah, seven weeks from right now. I can't believe Andrew did that when I finished. I'm kind of scared of what you mean by that now. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. So I don't know. It, it's I'm going to enjoy this last seven weeks of training. Uh, like I said, when I get back from vacation, I've got exactly four weeks. And the way my training schedule works out, the very last day of September is my last hard workout. So literally the calendar is going to flip and my taper begins. And so... Like I'm already thinking about September, like, man, really, really enjoy September because this has just been such a nice, consistent block of training really since the calendar flipped to 2021. And I'm enjoying that. Like, I don't know that I've had, you know, knock on wood, uh, ever had such a consistent year of training. And to me, it, it beckons to something special, hopefully happening in seven weeks. But uh, I think that's the other thing too, is like you and I have both experienced it that, you know, years are different. You'll have that great training year and you're thinking like, oh, sweet, it's going to roll into next year. And then just next year, something can happen. You can roll your ankle on a black walnut like you did last year or some little hidden imbalance pops up and that interrupts your training. Like I've had some great training years followed by some kind of iffy training years. And so, you know, I'm hoping that with some of the things that I've done this year with, you know, seeing Tim down at POP and, and getting occasional therapy to correct some imbalances and, you know, some of the exercises he's prescribed, they've really helped me. Like I feel as solid as I've ever felt before, because I think I've fixed some of the things that maybe have plagued me before. And hopefully that can roll into more and more consistency. But I just, I know from previous experience, like sometimes these years you can't take them for granted because it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to roll into next year. So I think that's probably where that melancholy is coming from too. Like just, I want to enjoy this, this consistency for as long as I can. Yeah. I, it is weird how like every year is so different. I think, yeah. the, but I think your focus is always, I think some of it's what your focus is too. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, I've, I've had the years where, you know, two years ago, I just wanted to run a marathon again. That, right. was, that was it. That was my goal. I didn't right. have any crazy goals. And I remember I was discouraged that summer. And I would say that was a training where I probably felt most like you do now because I really, really struggled to get into that training. And mm -hmm. that was, we were recording the podcast at that time. I think that was the first time you and I had run a full marathon while recording this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I really struggled at the beginning of that summer. And I'm, I, when I see through my time hop, this was kind of that window of time where I was struggling with it. Like those first mm -hmm. few weeks, I was hitting all my workouts, my long runs, man. I struggled with those long runs. I, I would, I tried slowing them down. I tried everything. I could not run more than like eight or nine miles without right. just dying. And some of it was heat. I don't know what all of it was, but I, uh, you know, something clicked on one run and you know, I went out and I just, I had a blast. And I remember towards the end of that training, I think it was, that was Columbus. That would have been the third weekend in October. Yep. Um, I, uh, I remember I was, it was like the first or second week of October and I was going out for runs in the evening and I was going out way longer than I was supposed to, mm -hmm. but I was just enjoying it so much because yeah. I had gotten over that hump and I was just like, I just don't want this to end yet. And I would swing by the house, say goodnight to my kid. And then I'd go out for a few more miles. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
that when I hit that time where I was like, okay, I really need to back it off now. Like I can't keep doing that. I can't right. keep going out for 12 miles on a Tuesday night when I was supposed to run like seven. Right. No, I never write seven. <laughs> it's 10 K. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I would, I would double that. And that was not stupid. Cause I was running it easy. I was having fun. I was just going out and enjoying it. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I was very melancholy when that ended because it, there was such a feeling. I remembered where I was at the beginning of that cycle where I was struggling so hard to even hit double digits on my long runs, wondering how the hell am I going to add 16.2 to that? Right. And when I got a couple weeks out after the work and just, I kept showing up for those long runs and just kept trying to just, can I do it? And, you know, I didn't know if I would. I remember that being a legitimate discussion I had with myself. Am I going to be able to do that again? Maybe I just can't because I hadn't really tried since I um, was dizzy back in, what was that, 2017? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I hadn't really tried since then to put in work for a full marathon. And I was like, maybe I just will never do it again. Right. And, uh, but I, I just kept trying. I kept trying. I kept trying and I did it. And, the end of that training cycle was yes, a lot of what you're talking about now, because I felt I, there was a sense of pride I had that was I got myself through that. Yeah, I had to work my ass off. I had to try. I was determined, and some of it was I just need to run slower, <laughs> and that was just to give myself confidence in a distance. But um, I just I had to I had to try. That was all I could do, and I, I fought through it. And I once I did, man, once I busted through that wall again. I, did, I didn't want it to end, and I went out and ha ran two marathons in three weeks. Yeah, you did. I mean, it's, you crushed them too. Like that was that was well, a legit Akron, call for you. Akron crushed me, but yeah, but you know, I, it's like that was that was a training run for yeah. you. And I did exactly was, what I was supposed to do. That yeah, day. it just yeah exactly. Running two marathons in three weeks to me is crushing it. Like even if one yeah. of them doesn't go like as well as you might want it to like that's crushing it because that's that's a tough thing to do that's a lot of wear and tear on the body it's a really tough thing to do um do, do you keep a training log i don't okay i, don't. No. I would say the best is you know seeing like what i posted on social media and okay. what my captions may or may not have been yeah but no i don't well, and it's like I asked because I, I don't know if Koros does this. Garmin, there's actually an app that you can link to. Like, you know, when I get done with my runs, I go to my phone, I sync it all up, and it'll it'll record everything over to the app. And so I can go back and look at previous year's training to see, like, oh, you know, on this day, this is what I ran. These were my times. Um, but I still like to keep a physical running log too, where I you know write out my splits and maybe just a quick note on something. And I asked that because, you know, I'd had the the kind of rough stretch earlier this month with my training where I had a little bit of you know, a stomach bug and that really interrupted me that combined with the heat. And, you know, there was a stretch there where it was like, man, am I am I going too hard? Uh, am I just kind of running myself into the ground a little bit? And so I went back and I looked at, you know, what was I doing this time three years ago in 2018, the last marathon that I ran my, my current marathon PR? And I found, you know, some interesting similarities, like notes saying like, holy shit, it was so hot. I kind of ran myself into the ground. Um, I had a little bit of a calf issue that that held me up for about 10 days. Um, but I was able to look and see like there were some similarities like, oh, this has happened before to me in training and and what happened after that. And it was very much the same kind of 
thought process um, that you just described of that, like I had to work through it. Like there were some bumps in the road that I had to work through and there were legit, you know, confidence issues. Like, can I do this? Am I going to be able to get to get through a full training cycle where I'm going to be ready for a marathon where I'm going to be able to run the race that I want to. And it turned out that I was able to. Yeah. And what's kind of nice about it now is looking back. Um, you know, I'll use yesterday's run as an example, 16 mile run. The feels like temperature by the time I finished was probably up around 90. Uh, I did those 16 miles in a little under two hours. Now, you know, if you want to get really technical, um, I stopped a couple of times at a couple of stoplights. I, I had a couple of breaks in there. I was probably moving on my feet for more like two hours, five minutes, two hours, six minutes, or whatever. Um, I don't tend to get technical with that, you know, when I'm doing long runs because, hey, that's what happens. Um, but it was nice to go back and look at the same runs that I was doing because I'm basically following the same plan that I was following three years ago. And I'm looking at the times and I'm looking at the conditions and they're similar days and I'm running 20 minutes slower. And I'm like, oh shit, like I legitimately am taking that next leap this year where I am faster. Like I am able to do 16 miles in under two hours and have it be a really hilly workout and, and get it done even in the heat. And, you know, so that sort of thing, it builds confidence, kind of like the same way you're looking at your time hop and realizing like, yeah, I worked through this and it built confidence for me and I got to where I wanted to go. Um, you know, so I think for that reason, I find it helpful because I can look back and recognize things like I, I forgot it. You know, it's like you can't remember every run. There's there's always going to be a couple of standout runs from a cycle that like even years later, like, yeah, I remember that run. That was a great run. But it's nice to see some of those patterns and kind of see how things went and realize like, oh, no, like this is going well. And even though there's been some tough areas, like you're still further ahead now of where you were the last time you tried this. And that's really building confidence for me. And I, I mentioned before, like, I really feel like I'm in rhythm again. And uh, it's just nice to think that way going into this race in October. We'll see what happens, but. I think it's hard when you're in the middle of training sometimes to step back and look at it as a whole. For like sure. That. For sure. I, I think it's easy to be like, man, I'm tired. Yeah. Oh God. I'm tired. Like I'm tired. Am I, am I overdoing it? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, I can't remember if I said it on this or if it was just before. Um, but you know, I'm going from six days to five days cause I just don't think six days is necessary, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like it, that decision wasn't made in like, um, I'm way overdoing it. That's why I feel this way. It was just, yeah. made of, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I looking at, like trying to zoom out a little bit and, and look at it. I think that is just so difficult as runners to do because we know how we feel right now. Like yeah. I feel my legs right now. I feel yeah. my shoulders from yesterday's strength work strength at uh, the gym. Like I, that's what I feel right now. And it's easy to be like, yeah, maybe I'm overdoing it, mm -hmm. but in reality, I'm not, I mean, yeah. I, I'm still running, like I, my uh, long run the other day, I ran way too fast my second to last mile. So I was like, all right, I'm making my last mile a cool down mile because mm -hmm. I'm not, that, that was that was too quick in this heat. And I'm looking down at my watch. I turned all my pace alerts off for Saturday too. I was like, I don't, mm -hmm. I just want to go out and run. Um, and I started to pick it up a little bit as I was getting deeper into the rate or into the run. Uh, but I, you know, decided I was gonna make the last mile of cool down. I look down, I'm still running like seven 13. I'm like, this is so easy. Yeah. Like, how is this so easy? Like that's, that's progress. Um, so I'm not, I'm not burned out. I'm not, 
I'm not running myself into the ground if that's what that run is feeling like. Like if that if that pace at the end of a workout of that distance is feeling the way it's feeling, then yeah. Oh, I guess it turned out to be 741. But still, I mean, not still legit for like yeah, a cooldown mile. That's still very much legit. That's not really even a cooldown mile. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. And it's like, but it still felt the effort it did. Like that that was relatively easy. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, there's work being put in. These are times that are way better than I was running two years ago yeah. at this point. And so it's going to translate to a much faster race grant at half the distance. But I mean, that's the point though. That's what I'm training for. That's what I'm working towards. One thing that I've just been, I don't think enough people realize it too. When you're training, you know, I, I kind of had to tell myself this week, you don't train to run badass workouts. Yeah. You train to run a badass race. Yes. And so your workouts can suck. Probably in some cases should. Yeah. You, you aren't going to feel like, I mean, you're never really operating with a full tank during training. No. no. So why would you want to feel like you are? Like, that's why when I bombed my speed workout last week, I was, I was bummed I did, but I wasn't down on myself. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not training to kill that one speed workout. That's yeah. not my goal. My goal is much greater than that. My goal is to, on October 17th, go out and destroy my PR. Yeah. And maybe do it again on Halloween. Okay. Off air. What? I'll tell you something off air. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do on Halloween. Okay. If, um, if, depending on how much I best my PR by, but that's, that's what I'm training for. And yeah. I think sometimes you have to remember that when workouts suck or you don't complete them. And I think sometimes it's important to remember that too, because if a workout is that difficult in the middle of it, you might need to call off the docs. There's well, times where that's necessary. And, and you know, when you said that you decided to do your last mile as a cool down mile. And even when you did that, like it was a solid, it was a solid pace for a cool down mile. Like that got me thinking again to yesterday. I hadn't really looked at my splits from yesterday. Um, so, like I said, the last four of the last so four of the last five miles were uphill. The last mile overall was a downhill. Um, but when I turned around and started the uphill miles, and I kind of recognized, like, okay, you got to call off the dogs a little bit because you can just feel the fatigue. And like you said, it's you're not. I'm not training to run or race yesterday. It's just to, to train. And if you feel bad, you feel bad. My, my average pace for the whole workout was a 728 after I decided to pull back. Now, keep in mind, I felt like trash for these five miles, but my paces were 744, 742, 833, and that is by far the longest and steepest uphill stretch that I had to run, 737, 742. And I'm thinking to how I felt, and it's I felt like garbage. It was definitely a mental struggle to get through those miles. I was still close to my average for most of them. It just felt really bad. So it's like I was still able to put it in. I just didn't feel good for it. I think there's that there's sometimes that disconnect between how you feel and what you're actually physically doing. And uh you know, but part of it too is like with training, you're training to to race when you're tired. You're going to be tired at the end of a half marathon. You're going to be tired at the end of a marathon. You're not going to feel good. So why would you expect that you're going to feel good in training too. Like part of that training is teaching yourself to continue on when you feel like garbage because racing, unless you have those perfect races and sometimes you do my, 
my half marathon, the first time I broke 130 in the half marathon was for me the most perfect race I've ever run. I wasn't even sore the next day. I just planned it well enough and executed it well enough where I just simply had it that day. It was one of those days where I can genuinely, rem I can remember getting to mile 10 and going, I've got this. I know I've got this. Um, now I've had other races where I've run faster and I felt like trash during the race. And that to me has been the more norm in my race experiences as opposed to the race that feels effortless. Those races I think are just kind of like the icing on the cake of the experience, but I expect usually to feel like garbage. And so to me, training is partly about learning how to do this when you feel like trash and learning how to persevere through it. Yes. 100%. It's such a fine line to walk though, mm -hmm. between, between pushing it to mimic how you're going to feel on race day yeah. and not overdoing it. Oh, for sure. And, and I, that's, and I guess that's really where I'm trying to, you know, with moving to one less workout a week and, um, you know, having, I, I've had speed workouts on back-to-back -back weeks that just did not work. Right. Um, I really just struggled to run speed altogether, which is weird because I usually love speed work. Uh, but I've just dreaded it. But there's, you know, it's just that, and I've not done well when I've done it. So mm -hmm. it's because I've been dreading it. But, you know, it's it's that trying to remember this. I did, I'm not doing this to nail this speed workout. You know, I've struggled. I maybe didn't complete it. Some of it's the heat, some of it's whatever. But the primary thing is I'm not training for this speed workout. Right. And uh, it's just, it's, it's perspective. Some of it goes into, you know, a little bit of, um, a little bit of Mark Freeman's book too. It's that same, like what, what's, what am I, I guess just, what am I working towards? That goes into ideal inventory. Like, what do I want that to look like as a, as a runner Yeah. and um, nailing every speed workout isn't part of that showing right. up for them is, but nailing it. That's not, that's not it. I, I have, I, I'm working backwards from my goal of setting a massive PR and nailing every speed workout doesn't necessarily have to do with that specifically. Right. So especially in the summer training for a fall race and uh, I'm trying to stay healthy while battling injuries since the middle of June. Yeah. Yes. What, so there's a couple of different things to, to like pick apart there. You know, one is, you know, you don't want to be that, that fittest guy who's not healthy enough to get to the start line. Number one, like it doesn't matter if you're super fit, if you can't get to the start line and you can't race. So what if you nailed right. all those speed workouts, you got to get there healthy. You know, two is that it is, it, that's a needed reminder about summer that, Summer summer training is great because the adaptations that you build, uh, they really do benefit you in, in cooler weather racing. But summer can be so up and down. Last year, or last year, last week was about 10 degrees cooler than it's going to be this week. I know that last week's workouts are going to go smoother than probably this week's workouts are going to because I'm just going to be dealing with the added heat and humidity. And that's just something I have to, to keep in mind. And I think lastly you talked about nailing every speed workout, nailing every workout period. To me, training is always about building a range of possibilities instead of building like one specific possibility. If you narrow in on like, I'm training to nail this one specific time. Um, I, I really think you kind of miss the point of training to me. It's about getting yourself ready for a range. And if you can train to a higher top end range, that's awesome. 
that opens up a wider range of possibilities for when you race. But there are still so many things that are outside of your control. If in October it's warmer than we would typically have in October, if it's if we have a 70 degree race day as opposed to a 50 degree race day, that's going to constrict the range of possibilities that we have. That top end speed maybe is going to be accessible because it's so much harder to race in, in warmer weather, even after training in the summer. Um, you know, you can have stomach issues. You can have cramping. There can be all sorts of things that happen. And I think sometimes we get so focused on the ceiling that we ignore that just building a higher floor for yourself is good. And, and so acknowledging that and recognizing that, yeah, when workouts don't always go well in the summer, that's fine. You're still training a really high end floor. Um, and you just gotta be okay with that. Yep. We need to talk about goal setting and not today, obviously, because we're out of time, but yeah, Maybe once you get back from vacation. Yeah, we'll put that on the calendar. Yeah, let's talk about some goal setting because I think some of what you just hit really goes into that. And some of what the the mindset for goal setting is we come up on races. Yeah. You know, your your goals change and they they have to be living and breathing. They're going to change with your training. They're going to change with life circumstances, illness, work, whatever. Your your race day goals are going to they're going to change. Um, so yeah, let's talk about some goal setting. We'll put that on the calendar. Uh, for now, my goal is to go get my car looked at about three hours later than <laughs> was supposed to happen. Uh, so, but we're going to talk next week about the Ohio state university football. The, so, uh, oh, man. we are running podcasts, but sometimes we do sports. So you listeners have all been warned. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait either. Like. A legit season with fans in the stands. Oh, God. <laughs> Nothing like it. Oh, it's going to be special. Yep. But until then, uh, make sure that you like, subscribe, review us on your favorite podcast platforms. That is going to make it easier for other people to discover us. And maybe we can help them with some goal setting or um, to learn to, you know, maybe use the changing area at their uh, local gym if it's available in their locker room instead of just, you know, plopping it out there for everyone and their brother to see. Uh, but until we see you next week, and we're going to take the following week off, uh, make sure to enjoy those miles, everybody. Bye.